Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry, Toyota. Let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Talking pigskin on NFL, cause football is really swell. NFL's great and there is no debate, he's gonna talk right now. Hi and hello football fans, it's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? I hope all's well wherever you are. Welcome to episode number 97 of the Dave Damashek football program. Available as always on iTunes and at NFL.com slash Sheck. S-H-E-K. Let's get into it. I'm back from Carolina. I was out there for arguably the very worst game of Week 5 on the NFL slate. Let's talk about that and everything else and then look ahead to Week 6. First of all, let's say hello to our old pal seated to my immediate right. Almost as always, from NFL.com, like, dislike, and so on. It's Adam Rank. What's the poop, fella? Hey, boss. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you uh, putting me on the show. Uh, You were out there with Cam Newton. Can you explain to me what the play calling is? Is when you have Cam Newton, who has done so well of taking the snap, jumping up, spreading the ball over the goal line, touchdown, it's all good. But the Panthers said, you know what, that's too good. That's too easy. We're going to have you roll out and try to throw a bounce pass to somebody. It is, it is to me, inexplicable. I get the whole Michael Vick gets hurt a lot. Uh, Robert Griffin he's the third. He's 6'5". He's right. a monster. Robert Griffin the third. It's uh, the early word is maybe maybe he's injury prone. You know, he says this is this is uh, becoming problematic. Steve Young, a generation ago, all the concussions. Any running, any quarterback, I should say, who runs around a bit. But as you say, Cam Newton is a monster. One and two. This team is dreadful. They need to score touchdowns in the easiest way possible and like you say cam newton running around you saw a little bit of that some uh some uh pseudo option type plays for him that's their best bet right now i don't know why they're not doing more of that let's talk about that and all things football with our pal from nfl fantasy live um we had him on about two weeks ago and uh he received very positive reviews from the Czech republic and the rank amateurs out there Mm -hmm. listening to it it's Akbar Baja Biamilla. How are you, Akbar? I'm doing good. I like that. The Czech Republic. Is that kind of like a, a, a playoff of like, like Shekel Savak? 
Slovakia? No. Czechoslovakia? No, yeah. it's just a happy. Yeah, of course oh. it's a. Oh, it's oh okay. Now, and I, I have, a, I have a, a, a problem. What's that? This is episode ninety-seven. Correct. I wore ninety-four, mm-hmm. and I wasn't on episode ninety-four. That is an oversight. You're a busy man, and how do you? I, I don't even remember if you were on ninety-four. What no, episode? I was on you? episode ninety-five. Ah, well, listen, we should have. Uh, Why didn't you bring this up in episode ninety-five then? Because I just thought of it when I left okay. uh, from episode. Well, then 95. don't get up. Then don't get upset at us. <laughs> you weren't even thinking of it yourself, Akbar. You understand that when we named the player who wore that number best. By the way, which is what we did. Excuse- ninety-three. Oh, ninety-three. Oh, thank you. See, yeah, I knew it. I knew I thought about that. I said, they're going to bring me back for 94. They're going to bring me back for 94. That would have been nice of you to say, because none of us remember you playing. It's just to say. It could have been a special edition. Just say, listen, I was number 94. Can I come back? And we would have been like, no, you should have you know, number you know, 94? You know, you known that. With all, Is that what you wore at San Diego State, 94? 94. Why didn't you wear like, like College gives you the the freedom to wear. You could wear number 17 as a defensive I end. I wanted to be a number away from my brother so we could have have lockers next to each other. Mm. Yeah, you know so. what? But it's way cooler if you're a defensive player in college and you wear number 6. I think that looks no, nice. No, you know, 90 numbers, it, it really solidifies it. Like, it's kind of like the throwback. It's like, you know, it's like the people wearing skinny jeans now. Like, that's kind of a throwback from, like, oh, yeah. You see, These are not skinny they, they jeans. Were do, they were doing they're that not? in the 70s. Or yeah. uh, is it your, your massive weight gain that's making them skinny <laughs> jeans? <laughs> Look who's been doing some writing in this free time. Adam Rank's ready to go today. Oh. Careful, everybody. Careful behind the glass there, Black Tie. You might be the next one to get stung by one of Adam Rank's witty jabs there. <laughs> be, be on your P's and Q's. I can't do tight jeans. Akbar, but the point is, as Rank just alluded to, we honor the player. Oh, Oh, he's he's red hot (laughs) today. He he wants to fight. He's wearing red, too, or whatever that is. Listen, Studio 66 certainly could. This isn't a steel cage match, but it, you know, I'd be more than happy. This, if, it could be a recurring thing where we settle all differences. We just throw two men into this booth, and we get you an like audience. The Royal Rumble. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you Watch the Royal through the Rumble? glass. Yeah. Two men enter, one man leaves. That's how it could be. I'd be fine with that. Um, so, Akbar, my point is we honor the player who wore the uniform number best, and certainly you wouldn't make a case that – Akbar Baja Biamilla wore 94 better than anyone in the history of sport. Well, it was, uh, you know, I, I did. I wore it better than my brother. In uh, all honesty, it was even between you. Even though he, you know, he's the all-time sack leader, uh, I wore better than DeMarcus Ware, even though he's, like, kicking butt right now and I'm out of the league. I, I mean, you can name a ton of 94s, and I did it better than them. Yep. Well, you and Charles Haley, are, you neither one of you are in the Hall of Fame, so you have that going for you. Yeah, I, in, in fact, I don't think I'll ever get to the Hall of Fame because I'm going to be in my own Hall of Fame. That's in Akbar's Hall of Fame. All right. Well, yeah. What about so, the Fantasy Live Hall of Fame? You're doing pretty well for yourself in your rookie well, campaign. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Who do you like best on the, uh, on the NFL fantasy show? Who's your favorite you know, uh, I colleague? I, you know, because I have kids, so I'm trained not to have favorites. No, you uh, do have favorites. No, I, I don't have favorites. You have a favorite the, kid. They're, 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 who, me? The yes. heart I, wants what it wants. I, ge- I, don't I, genu- want you to- I genuinely do not have a favorite kid. You've said this. I've developed a stand-up bit around you saying that you have a favorite kid. No, I do not have a favorite kid. You can't Fine. say that. You can't He's put not that gonna, on me. Listen. <laughs> Akbar's not going to announce, even if he has an opinion on his favorite child here. But, you've but, aired, I but, uh, but you I certainly could tell us who your favorite colleague is. Yes, it's Dave Demeshek. Oh, isn't that nice, Akbar? Yeah, is that, right? is that yeah. who's your least favorite? Even though I've only worked with you once. I know, but it was a delightful <laughs> time. Akbar, well, who's your least favorite? My least favorite, 
Adam Rank. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, Adam that's Rank. A, that's a, yeah. the usual two responses we get to those two questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he always, you know, he comes Let's up to start, me every you know show, before every show, you know what he always asks me? Hey, who do you think would win if we got into a fight? I'm like, dude, stop sizing me up or I'm going <laughs> to knock you out. It's funny because we talked about the law of averages about like eventually one side is going to win. And I told him, I go, eventually at some point you would probably beat me. But not, goes, you know, right. but not, you know, you know but you not on a consistent that one basis. Slide, did you? Well, I you mean, just we let can, that slide. We can talk about <laughs> at some point it. that I beat him. I'll I, knock you out. Look, no. we can talk about it all you want, but or I can walk out of this do studio it. and I will close the door behind me and we'll get a gaggle of people up here to watch it <laughs> and we'll see Akbar V rank. What's the most you ever bench press? What is this? I'm the just jerky asking. boys spit? What's, what's the most? What do you bench? The jerky boys. Those are my favorite. Jerky. Oh, can I? Can what do you I, bench? Can I, can I? No, I better not tell him. I said, I can Pieces. get in trouble, huh? Pounds. Hey, hey, Frank Rizzo, R-I-Z-Z-O. <laughs> that was one of my favorite. <laughs> do, you, do you know the jerky boys? Get Brent Weir, I said. <laughs> oh, don't get me started. What do you bench? <laughs> what kind of question is that? Oh, bench pressing fava, doesn't matter. Fava beans. Is this a, if it's a bench pressing contest, you might beat me. No, I like I probably squat, not. Been, but look, let me tell you something. One of the most impressive numbers I've ever put up. Well, let me first say this: I've seen Robert Gallery squat seven hundred pounds, but how did that credit, translate to the NFL? It didn't. But to my credit, I once leg sledded thirteen hundred and ten pounds. That, that was means, a lot of that weight. means nothing to me. I don't know yeah. what that means. Thir- one thousand. That sounds like pounds. a lot, but I have no idea what I could do. So that it, means if a, I kicked you, mm-hmm. your 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 inside, your transverse. And your 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 transverse colon would literally exit like Akbar, from somewhere. What you don't understand about me, little See, violent. Your whole your whole career, your your way in this world was all about combine related stuff. How fast can you sure. run this? How much weight can you? The the thing that they ultimately the failure of the combine is this: there is no gauge for grit, and that's what Damashek has in spades. Okay, that's what you can't account for. If we rumble. That's where Damashek gets you. Okay, grit. so let, let, let me tell you about the grit that I have, and, and I, I can't believe I'm going to actually say this on on this podcast, but I, I'm going to admit something. I wrote a piece on uh, NFL.com about the unwritten rules of football, and one of the things that I, I wrote about was something that personally happened to me, and that's when you're in the pile, you don't grab a man's package. Whoa. Well, let me tell you something. That's common in football. You get it, Guys get in there, and they try to do whatever because they got grit, they want to win. Well, this is not going to – how many times are people going to click on this to listen? A lot. Hopefully they – We get a lot of t- listeners, Akbar. A, a Generations. Should, should I, should I, I tell, we get a lot of listeners. Should I tell them myself? Hey, go ahead. Okay, look. I would go in there and I would like go in there and I would – like you better not come down there and try to run this ball down the A-gap because I will rip your entire – and so, I mean, I, I play like that. And it was Dana Stubblefield, the old Stubby. Sure. Stubby pulled me inside like, dude. You you can't do that. This isn't college anymore. You can't do that. I was like, man, I'm trying to intimidate the running back. I don't want them coming through here. I'm trying to intimidate them. He was like, Ock, you can't go grabbing people's knockers. I was like, all right. You know, that was it. And from that point, I stopped. But just to let you know, that still sits inside of me. So, look, we're not on the field. Somebody comes up to me. That's the sound you have to make. Knockers. I like yeah. that. That's a good knockers, anecdote. Yeah. And, by the way, that's a perfect way for us to begin what we did the first time we had you in here on episode 93 or 95, whichever one it was. Let's do it again on 97. It's time for a segment we call Inside Out. Akbar, as you recall, what we talk about is, see, Rank and I are fans. We are here to personify the fans' point of view. I have strong opinions. Rank has strong opinions. 
I say that they're perfectly valid because we watch the games year in, year out. And by the way, if our if our opinions were invalid, then how come he and I can pick games just as well as any Hall of Fame player or because anyone else? Fifty fifty. <laughs> we're blowing away. No, we're not we're going blowing 50, away 50. Kurt Warner. Yes, uh, listen. Mm. I mean, that, the, ultimately, talking heads analyzing what's going on in football, going on, and it is really about what people want to hear is. So, who's going to win this game? And mm-hmm. if Rank and I can do it as well as anybody else, and I think that uh, that makes you got some credit. There. You get some credit. Right. You get some credit. Now, the thing that intrigues me is that I have a lot of suppositions. That, That's a big word that you can either validate or reject because you, as you mentioned, were on the inside. You played NFL football, San Diego, Oakland, and Miami. Rank and I did not. We've just been watching it forever. So let's get into it. With that, on Inside Out, you tell us whether or not uh, uh, we're talking myth or reality with these things. I, 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 was, I had a couple directions to go, but I'm going to start out with what you just brought up there. The grabbing of uh, packages and so, or knockers, as I think you called them. <laughs> Why is it? I am. I am. I cannot imagine when I watch NFL football these days. It seems like no one wears a cup anymore. How is that possible? How can you go out and play football when everybody's trying to hit you and they have helmets on and, like you say, they kick thirteen hundred pounds or whatever? <laughs> How can you go out there and not play with a cup? Well, here's the deal: you stop wearing cup after Pop Warner football. Why? Now, I didn't play Pop Warner football. But I did play high school football, and I only played in my senior year. And I remember I came out there, a basketball guy, loved basketball. I was going to the NBA out of high school. Yeah, right. Me too. But uh, so, anyways, I get convinced to play football in high school, and they say, "Oh, you got to say, all right, man, this is." And I'm a basketball player. I got to keep myself protected. I go out and buy a cup. Uh-huh. I went to whatever Big Five or whatever. Mm-hmm. I go a cup, and what happens is you get the worst chafing that happens in between, like in the area where the rubber and the you know, skin meet and it just goes ee, 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 and you can barely run you can't move you can't you know cross over I mean you just look like a stiff leg stiffer I mean you the just, so-called groin area yeah the groin area yeah that area yeah and you just can't you can't do anything yeah so but the, after that, that, that's the first, fine but that the chafing is probably a better option no, than, put, than, put, put than like the this. destruction that could happen you, you know in all the years I don't think I've ever heard a story of a Me guy neither. Like, how's that possible it's just you know what I, I think it's just instinct the body knows how to move and protect itself. Just like when you're going out of hot water, cold water, the body knows what to do automatically. It's just automatic. And or so, at least one part of the body knows. Get out of the way, fella. Well, yeah, that's all. That's all. <laughs> but to, to answer your question, you're a lot more explosive. You're you can move better. You're more fluid. No one's wearing a cup. There's no way you're going to ever wear a cup. You'll never see a guy. And I think it might say in the rule book that you should wear protection there. But I don't think anybody enforces yeah. that. It's like Silence of the Lambs. Remember the bad guy Jay Gum. Remember yes. his move. Yes. Uh, the, is that, so so it, it it instinctively knows do the Jay Gum move. Right. Hide, hide yourself I'll away get, from trouble. Jason Mewes and uh, Clerks too, I think, does that as well. Uh-huh. I'll right. give you something. You know I'll give you something else that, that guys don't wear either. Guys don't like to wear thigh pads. I know that wasn't there, there was legitimate discussion, as a matter of fact, in the off season that that might help reduce some of the head trauma. That if you because you're running into a harder, ultimately you're you're hitting um, femur. And if you had a pad on there, if your head made contact with a, a, another guy's thigh and there was a pad there, it might reduce the impact a little well, bit. Well, that's, that's kind of tricky because then if, you, if you're not wearing them, then you can, you know, you subject yourself to thigh bruises, which is a pain to get through. Um, but guys just want to ultimately be lighter. So anything mm-hmm. that's going to, you know, take a tenth of a second off, do it. 
take the shell out, wear lighter shoes, take the insoles out, whatever you got to do to make yourself lighter. All right. So that's your answer to that one. I just can't fathom. And, and you, would, your explanation, you, would play, you would play the game with a cup? I, uh, listen, that would make you a nerd. It seems <laughs> people well, would laugh at you. I think uh, I would have already achieved that status yeah. before uh, <laughs> before I showed up in my cup. But uh, yeah, listen. What I about just, baseball? Did you play it's baseball? It's crazy though? that there's no. not a. It's crazy. It, doesn't it seem after remarkable Darryl, that there after hasn't Strawberry been? left the hood. They, yeah, they never play baseball. They stopped playing baseball. Well, I used to because uh, I never. I I didn't play the infield in baseball, so I didn't have a cup. And then you know, as a pitcher, sometimes you'd have to warm up the other pitchers, and I. Didn't have a cup, and, and you can't, you know, borrow. That's not that's not something that you borrow from somebody. Like, hey, let me wear your cup real quick, and you're warming up, guys. Yeah. Like, oh, I have wow. one. I have one. Before Go you ahead. switch subjects, I have one. Calling college football games, I know the look, I know the sound, the walk of a trainer when a guy gets hit down there, and you know, there's, and you're rolling on the field, you know exactly what it is. But why is it that no announcer ever says, like, kind of like they used to say in wrestling, when, when a guy would get kicked down there, oh, he got kicked in the midsection or whatever. But nobody ever referenced that that guy got hit in the knockers. Like, mm-hmm. no one ever talks about that. You know when a guy gets hit there and then, and then he walks up and he starts walking. Because, you know, that, that discomfort of pain. Well, no, no one ever. I, so from the locker room, we want to know why don't they ever mention that. It's interesting. I assume it's family friendly entertainment. Joe Can you imagine how John Madden would have said it. Joe Buck was upset when when uh, when uh, Randy Moss fake mooned a crowd. I don't think he could stomach explaining what just happened on the field <laughs> when, that, when that goes on. Let's talk about this now, Akbar. Let let's uh, change subjects. This one intrigues me. First of all, starting off with Bill Belichick, I'm sure you're aware of the whole Wes Welker scandal, as much as it's a scandal. I don't buy that Wes Welker was just joking with that. There was some some, um, some bit of truth. What did Welker say? Welker said after his touchdown in an interview after the game on Sunday, he said uh, it's nice to stick it to Belichick sometimes because mm-hmm. – Early in the season, it looked like Welker was being phased out for contractual reasons. Don't, or have, don't ever else. bring that up because there are some crazy Patriots fans who got all over me. Like, what do you mean he was getting phased out? He wasn't getting phased. I'm like, he had five targets in the first game. Yes, he was getting phased out. Well, and we'll injuries see, opened it up. Yeah, let's see what happens when um, when Aaron Hernandez comes back, and then Belichick, when asked about it, was none too amused. At least, I mean, that's his typical way about him. He seems like the least inspiring guy to be around for you know he, he looks you know he's deadpan he's he's monotone he barely can speak he, he wears the hoods with the sleeves cut off what happens in the locker room do nfl players vibe to a guy who tries to give inspirational talks is there such a thing in this day and age as vince lombardi newt rockney or otherwise giving the pregame talk so that everybody runs out of the locker room or is it much more um, professional. I imagine Bill Belichick says something like, "Everybody, just take care of your jobs. Now let's go out and play." You don't know the story of the, his great speech before the Super Bowl against the Panthers, where he pulled out the uh, directions for the parade route, and he read where the parade was going to go through Boston or whatever, and that was his pregame speech. Is that true? Yeah. Interesting. No, I wasn't aware of that. So, does anybody so, do that? It, does it, that work if you do? Yeah, do no, it? some coaches are just uninspiring. You know, I've been around a couple of them. Have you played for North Turner? Oh, yes. Uninspiring, uh, right? Yes. North Turner. Well, well guys, uh, look, we're, we're going to go out there and it's going to be us and it's going to be them. And we're going out there. We're, we're going to play some, 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 some smash mouth football now. Uh, and, and let's go out there and get a win now. And it's like, 
that 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 helped no one. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that really. Or Bill uh, Bill Callahan. Bill Callahan. I mean, he always had that look that 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 quasi Gruden look on his face, and he would have that pen in his hand, and he always like kind of make the snare of us like, you don't get me. But the guy who always got me, like, I mean, I was just like a kid, just like, just wanting to listen to every word that came out of his mouth was Marty Schottenheimer. Marty Schottenheimer knew how to talk to me because he was old. I mean, I mean, the way he said it, like, you knew he was coming from love. You knew it was coming from passion. If it's not coming from within, like, from within, you don't buy it. And you'll lose an entire locker room. Guys will just tune you out. Like, some, certain coaches are like, yeah, whatever. I know I, I'm only looking at you because I have to. Otherwise, you may try to do something crazy like bench me or something. So, um, I, I'm just going to look at you. But I'm totally thinking about something else. But guys like a Ray Lewis, from a player's perspective, you can't tune him out. Because he gets you going. He gets that the juices going. Like, you want to play for that person. It's like playing or, like, putting your body out on line for your kids. Like, man, I would do anything for my kids. Like, that's how you feel about Marty Sean. I would do anything for him. I've heard players say I'm not the only person that does echo that. I remember talking to Will Dimps and he told my man, if you ever had the opportunity to get around a guy like Ray Lewis, I mean, seriously, you'll just get chills and it won't stop. You'll have chills all the way up till game time. And I was like, wow. And the closest I've ever been to was the late Junior Seahaw. And Junior Seahaw, when they were getting ready to retire his jersey, I mean, he pulled. I mean, he just interrupted practice. I mean, he's done already. He walked out. I mean, it's his town. I mean, everybody come here. North said, everybody go. You know, talk to Junior. And he gave a speech. And right there and then, I could have played in the Super Bowl, and I would have been a defensive MVP. It's interesting you say that because you see more and more. You see Drew Brees does it, um, but some guys can't. Oh, Keith Brooking. They, 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 late the last few years when he was with the Cowboys, at least they would always go in. And his his version always seemed lame to me. Personally, I find Ray Lewis's hysterical because, look, as I've said many times before, and I will say again now, keep on dancing, Ray. Keep on doing that pregame dance. It works against 30 teams you play against. You're dancing your way to the Hall of Fame. Just remember, Ray, there's one team that's immune to that little dancing around and all your pregame nonsense, and that team is called the Pittsburgh Steelers. When the game's on the line, at least in the playoffs, Ray, keep on dancing, fella, because it has no impact on the results of the game. <laughs> Are you a Steelers fan? Well, yeah, I am. I am a, a Steelers fan. That's why Troy Polamalu is right behind you. That's one of the yeah. reasons here in Studio 66, old Troy. Troy may be on his way out. Who will be out of football first, Ray Lewis or Troy Polamalu? Ray Lewis. You think Ray, so? Yeah, Ray Lewis. I mean, Troy Polamalu, he'll still have at least two or three more years left in him. I, I can't imagine Ray Lewis putting in two more seasons. Next season might be his last season. He's that has looked, to be his victory yeah. tour. He doesn't look too good right now. No, he looks. I mean, he looks amazing. He looks slimmer. He looks. Uh, he looks I mean, slimmer. A half, I mean, his a play. half a step, a half, a, a fourth of a step faster. But I mean, Ray Lewis. I mean, his body can't take much more. He can't. But it, he's human. I want to talk. See, that's something I want to get into. But I did have some things uh, written down. Well, we're talking coaches, though. Who is perceived among players to be the coach you most want to play for? Rex Ryan, Mike Tomlin, or is there someone else? Rex Ryan. I played for his brother, Rob Ryan. Those guys are fun. Those Rex guys, Ryan seems very funny. Uh, yeah, I hung out with him in the pro, at the Pro Bowl. It wasn't because I went to the Pro Bowl. Uh, my buddy Namdi went to the Pro Bowl, and so I went Name out there. Name dropper. I'm just letting you know. Uh, Namdi dropper. <laughs> and I went out there, and I'm hanging out with Robbo and, and Rex, and I had never met Rex before. I mean... Those guys are the same exact people outside of the fact that they're twins. They're the same exact people. And uh, 
and mean, one's a better defensive coach. Than but no, you know what it is? They relate to players. They know how to get to the player. They know they they actually specialize in knowing the different temperaments in player, and they'll get the best out of their guys. So there's not a play, in fact before I ever met or saw Rex Ryan, all I heard was from players from Baltimore was, "Man, you gotta meet Rex Ryan. You gotta meet Rex Ryan," and that's why. Uh, you know, players respond to them that way. So, yeah, it may not show right now with the Jets and the way they're playing, but I, I, I'm telling you, right, there's not a player you'll find in that locker room that wouldn't take Rex Ryan back. I hear that, uh, yeah, it, well, it, it comes across. We, you know, obviously we saw him a couple of uh, preseasons ago in the documentary. He's a very funny guy, seems like a cool guy to be around, a straight shooter. Besides, what about, though, Mike Tomlin? That's, uh, Tomlin is also regarded as in that Absolutely. top two or three Absolutely. guys to play for. Yeah, if you want another name drop, Ben Roethlisberger speaks highly of Mike Tomlin. Um, and that's because, you know, he's coming from that player's perspective. I think he can relate. The guys who can relate to the players and doesn't have this old mindset like, you know, I'm in control and I've got – because there are coaches out there who just ultimately want to be a coach to have control. Like, I am the head coach. And then the other guys are like, I want to make you the star. I want to give you the best. I'm giving you all the power. And those are the guys who I think that the players respond to. Not everybody have it. Last question for today for you, Akbar, and then we'll get into some other issues. We're getting to a blacklist here in just a second. Daniel Jeremiah on NFL.com has coming up this week, or may already be up there by the time you're listening to it. He explains why Ben Roethlisberger is the most underappreciated QB in the league today. Interesting because last week on this podcast we had that discussion. I, you know, was based on Tony Romo. I asserted that he is not. However, you want. I, I. can't stand this elite jazz the use of that that uh, adjective is though that's the defining it defines nothing it's a elite he's great he's really good he's super he's terrific somehow elite works because i guess eli is uh, are three of the letters in elite i guess but if, uh, otherwise has isn't actually relevant but people act as though is he elite they, these debates about that but tony romo my point is has been given a long enough leash now, seven years with the Cowboys. We can point fingers about all these different reasons why he— Seven years he's been with the Cowboys? He's been the starter for seven years. Seven years. Um, so I said, listen, I can name off the top of my head. I said, I bet you I can name a dozen or 15 QBs. I actually wrote down my names. I have him at 15, and he's got some peers like Jay Cutler in that range, guys like that who you know probably you have to put Matt Ryan in that slot. But right around 15, I can legitimately name more. What do you, you you obviously know Ben Roethlisberger? What is, do you agree with that that Ben Roethlisberger is undervalued? That he is in fact to me here's here, here's my argument. You have one game that you must win. I'm not giving you any other details. If it's in a dome, if it's frigid outside, it's a hundred degrees outside. If the offensive line's good or is atrocious, what the defense is. All I'm telling you is you need to win one game. Who's your quarterback for that one game? I'll call Big Ben. I mean, Big since, Ben, uh, number since, one of all. How about that, so, Rank? So, so let me tell you something. Here's what irritates me, and, and this is what gets under my skin. You know, people sometimes believe too much of what the media has to say, uh, albeit from whatever criticism about a win or a loss. But when you're talking pure mechanics, when you're talking the guy who has that it factor, who can lead drives, who has that leadership, who can command. Guys, a quarterback who can read defense and then – too many times people look at quarterbacks and go, oh, yeah, he's quarterback. He, he knows all this stuff. No, no, no. There are quarterbacks out there who are dumb, who don't know how to read defenses, who get easily tricked by what we call sugar looks or we're giving them disguised looks, and you can just run over those guys. And those are guys who don't last long. Ben Roethlisberger, to me, is a top-five quarterback. 
And it to me, it's like it's asinine to think that he's anything less than that. So because he doesn't cut that figure of see, Tom Brady of that. Uh, I, see, I can't even when you say that because I spend a lot of my time till this day. I'm still training myself. This is one of the things I struggle with when I watch film. I'm trying to watch film from outside in, but I've been trained for so long to watch the game from the inside out because oh, I'm a defensive lineman. Look at that. Look so at my that. eyes naturally gravitate towards the quarterback and line play. That's the first thing I see. So I see a million reps of quarterbacks and the steps and all the different things that they do to get into their step, how he gets into his three-step drop, five-step drop. And Ben Roethlisberger is 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 amongst the best. Yeah. So undervalue, no under, under, I, I, that doesn't even register to me. Did the Dieter Brock? Do you disagree? Right? Oh, you're, you're, you're giving me this look like you disagree. I, I was know. listening to you. Oh, okay. He disagrees. No, okay. I'll, let me tell you. Rank disagrees. He likes Drew Brees, Tom Brady, See, um, Aaron Rodgers. You know, I like it. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is the only one I'll, if I'll you listen go, to. If you go to his house, here's what you're going to find. You're going to find Louis Vuitton bag, Gucci wallets, uh, Nike, a bunch of Nike running shoes, no New Balance, not, a bunch of Nike running shoes. You're going to find nice ties like he has on right now. You're a fashion. You're like the, the outside guy. I like to go inside the store and really see what's in the back. You like to window shop. You're a window shopper. That's what you are. You, Drew, you're just naming all the names that everybody else That's exactly else knows. right. That's so what you do. Shopper. Huh? So accused. You're artificial. You you're superficial, yeah. right? You don't know. Well, well, Nike shoes don't fit me very well. So what kind of shoes I do you? wear Adidas. You wear Adidas. That's why I would wear that's why but they're I wear, on TV too. That's all why the time I wear too. Rockports. I don't wear uh, Rock Cole Hans. and Akbar. I don't. I, I'm not necessarily sure you've read uh, Adam Rank right. Adam Rank has roughly 392 golf shirts. That's basically. Do you his, really? He wears black when he wants to be fancy. Why That's, he looked at me like? What do you mean? <laughs> How dare he? <laughs> golf all right. Akbar, terrific stuff. Great insights. Uh, I think Inside Out is going swimmingly. Thank and, you. Uh, we'll have swimmingly. you back. Yeah. Do you agree with that, though? I mean, I'm not quite sure how I would use that word, but yes, swimmingly. Akbar. You track him down at Akbar underscore. Get rid of the underscore. It's, it, people what? don't like because it's hard to do and no one wants to bother. Should, it. I, should I? Yes. Would I lose followers if I change my name? You would gain followers yeah. if you just went by Akbar Dump the GB. underscore. It's, listen, that doesn't make sense. Take Akbar a nod from Louis Baja. Hold on. But can I really change my, my Twitter yes. name without losing followers? Yes, oh. you can do it. Okay, Akbar will deal with that and okay. uh, and myriad other issues from inside out on your next appearance. Thanks for coming in in the meantime, fellow. Uh, no worries. I like him, Rank. What do you think of that? I like that's a good segment, I think. He is a solid addition to not only the NFL Fantasy Live family, but also NFL.com and NFL Network. It's interesting. You take a you take a, an odd approach. You insult the man to his face, and then when he <laughs> walks out the door, that's when you're complimentary. I wouldn't say it to his face, but I really like that, Akbar. <laughs> All right, well, listen. Out he goes, and into Studio 66 come our two pals from around the league, the scribes there, who tell you, all that's going on under the NFL sun, and they do it with a bit of mirth. It's Mark Sessler, a.k.a. Mr. Fancy Pants. Track him down. Mark, at Mark Sessler, NFL. And then, <laughs> you know, he's a, he's a lunch pail guy. He's a Joe Sixpack kind of guy. Regular guy. Down to earth. Man of the people. Not unlike Dave Damashek. At Dan Hanzus. Dan Hanzus. What's the poop, fellas? How are you? Doing well, good. It's great to be back. We had a sure. one-week hiatus, and it seemed like there was an emptiness. Yeah, you guys were both gone. Who takes vacations in the middle of the NFL season when you work at the NFL? I do. 
Yeah, yeah. well, we know you do black tie. Thank you. <laughs> you take a 52-week vacation. Once I saw black tie doing it, I was like, oh, I guess I could do it, too. We just jumped on. <laughs> like, oh, this is the time to go. It's yeah. when it, why I should leave when I'm the busiest. It was our bye week. <laughs> All right. Oh, yeah, that's a good oh, way, nice. way to go. All right. Now, listen, I, we have much to discuss here. And you know what we haven't done in a long time? The blacklist. Now, of course... On the second episode that we do of the Dave Damashek football program, almost every week we, we do a second episode. Last week we didn't. Things were very tight. And what's further, our two pals from around the league weren't here, and that's a major part of our second podcast. We unveiled a couple weeks ago their debate club, the Around the League Debate Club, second episode of every week. We do that. Make sure you subscribe to the show on iTunes, and then you get to hear that. It's like a bonus. It's a show within a show. How's that show been received? Well, I'll tell you what. I want to talk about that quickly, and then we'll get into the blacklist here. And, you know, as usual, want to hear Hanzoos, the Jets apologist. Here's what he has to say about uh, what is what what would appear to me to be a, a team that is in real dismay. Actually, well, you're he not. Hanzoos, you're no apologist for them. In fact, you said they're a five-win team. So that's no. he should fair. be he should be excited about the game on Monday night. You guys kept it close. I guess you could look at it that way, but it, the whole thing is a disaster of epic proportions now. And you really can't hang it on as much as I've ripped Mark Sanchez. You can't hang it on him at this point. I mean that the the you there's can't? no one. Well, there's just a, there, there's no actual NFL caliber wide receiver on that roster well, at this it, point because of injuries. No well, NFL caliber wide receiver can catch a batted down ball. Well, make no mistake, <laughs> he is part of the problem, but he is not the only reason why you know things have gone haywire there. But he's not playing well, and he didn't play well on Monday either. So. They have serious issues, and he's one of them. One of I will say this about the Jets, though. Until a couple of years ago, I never thought about that franchise. Not, I mean, I, I didn't know any Jets fans. They were never in the news cycle. The only thing that I could remember about them is that who Dan Marino had duped in the fake spike. Pete Carroll was there for a season, and that's about it. I think Lou Holtz was there. He was their coach. And that was it, Super Bowl three. I, I remember when I was a kid, and I would go every – August, I'd find the magazine rack, and it would be the NFL previews, and then I'd go through it all, and I'd find the one pick, the one page on the Jets where they go team by team, <laughs> and that was really all I would have because ESPN didn't cover them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there was no NFL Network. It just the Jets were an afterthought, and so it is. It's borderline trippy what's happened the last few years where they've become one of the signature franchises in terms of how they're covered. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, that hasn't equated to anything. Uh, Super Bowl related, but, you know, what else can you expect? All right, well, listen, couple things and then the blacklist. Uh, you know, regarding your show, The Debate Club, uh, first of all, I heard that you guys, I listened to it, and there was discussion about Dave Damashek not listening to it. Now, listen, <laughs> if it has, if my name's attached to it, I'm going to listen to it. Why? Because I'm a pro. I'm a pro's pro, even. And so I listened back to see what you said. I have to say, I thought it was very good. I ask you, though, Mark Sessler, mm-hmm. when you – because I heard a, 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 a not-so-little birdie told me that when you asked your wife, your beloved, what were her thoughts on the podcast, on your podcast, right. what, what was her one response? Well, she – her initial – and she didn't take a long time to come up with this. She says, Dan Hansis has a very nice voice. <laughs> that, that, that was the only comment on the show. That's the end of it. That's the end of the marriage. Thank well, you. I don't Goodbye. know about that. Yes, but the door. <clears throat> either either her or you. One of you two has to walk out of it after it, that. It was disquieting. She's she's a great woman, a great 
Absolutely. She's a great mother. She, she's just obviously I, you're I'm behind her now. 120%. Don't make it worse. <laughs> okay. Don't make you know, it worse. Please. Stop it. I don't like well, I so for the record, your little your little game to see if Dave is going to listen to it. I'm calling you out. I did. I, obviously, I did hear it, so I don't appreciate the, well, that was the charges. I mean, that was during our first show. You had not listened to it when we were saying that. No one had. Mm-hmm. It was unearthed. Well, that's why now it's on the Dave Damashek football program at the back end of episode number two each week. And uh, and that's why. Rank, what did you think of it? It was wonderful. Yeah, what was your favorite uh, part? <laughs> um, I didn't hear it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get it to black tie here for something we haven't done in a long time. It's called The Blacklist. The Blacklist. Black tie reads current events. The Blacklist. Damn it, check and rank if they're coming. The Blacklist. The Blacklist. All right, all we do here is... This is an excuse for Black Tie to flap his gums and tell us what's going on in the world of sports and beyond, and we respond to his his queries. Go ahead there, Black Tie. What's up, guys? Happy for the Blacklist to be back. I'm excited. I'm ready to go. I actually don't sound like I'm bored today. Did you notice that? No, yeah, you still I, do. I almost I heard do. For uh, you, though, there was a lilt in your voice there just a moment ago. I would like to I'm give trying. a sh- I'd like to give a shout-out to the guys who do Blacklist every week. <laughs> Oh, yeah, black tie. Yeah, before you get into it there, jump in. Uh, before we uh, jump in with the first, do your shout out. I was going to do, do, do it afterwards, out. but I'll do it first. Oh, no, 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 do it a, afterwards. This I'm has sorry. become a weekly feature here. Blacklist likes to give a shout out to people less fortunate than himself. He feels sorry for himself. He thinks this is the worst job in the world. And then he realized, you know what, there are a couple of gigs out there that are a little bit worse. I could be in a worse position. That is true. All right, so my shout out this week. Being a movie guy, I love going to the movies. I'm a movie theater buff. I love me a good expensive unique movie theater obviously one of the best movie experience you can witness is IMAX do you know actually there are people who are paid their main job is to clean IMAX screens and if you've been to a real 70 millimeter IMAX screen theater you know how huge what do you mean is. the screen itself yes the screen itself you have to clean the actual screen and that's their job that is huge that's a tough job and how do they do it? Do they have to <laughs> like scale how, like, it like, like those guys who go up the side no, of a building? Kind of yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a tough job. So shout out to those guys because what you do, trust me, it's much appreciated. Yeah, but wouldn't it be worse if you had to go up a skyscraper and be outside and maybe in, fall to your death? You're just well, going to break I, a leg my, if you fall off the IMAX screen. My expectation with that is you probably have a higher salary just because the risk, like you said. With the IMAX screen, it's a... Uh, you're not going to break much, so it's still like a tough you're job. Right. You're right. I bet that's a union the, gig if you're on the outside cleaning these skyscrapers. You're probably right. Yeah. You probably make more loot. But you're inside in the air conditioning. They probably you know hook you up with some popcorn and some soda when you're finished. That doesn't seem so bad. I will say, by the way, as a callback to your first shout-out, which was to the guys who – the bathroom attendants who <laughs> give out the towels and candy – I was at the airport this weekend, and there was a guy in the airport one, in the Charlotte airport. I'd never seen that before. The guy set up, and sure enough, just like I said, he had his hard candies out. By the way, the ones I never won at Christmas or any other time, the white and red ones, those little, <laughs> like, the little circular um, you know, candy cane ones in the wrappers. And sure enough, the guy next to me picked up one of those uh, toilet candies and put it in his mouth. How hungry? How much <laughs> do you need something sweet or minty in, in, in Wait, shoved into on. your mouth? Are these wrapped? Yes, they're wrapped, but so what? Who takes, a, uh, takes candy out of a toilet? 
It's disgusting. Go outside to the to the little five and dime and get with your magazine that you buy for yourself. Get yourself a, a, a nice fresh piece of candy instead of the one that the guy brought in in his pocket, threw down on the table, and uh, and you're shoving in your mouth. Who knows how old and gross and what what miserable things have happened to that candy before it's, it goes it's in his mouth. And if Dave's turning down candy, you know it must be severe. Oh, look who's uh, pursuing the fat jokes more and more. <laughs> look at Mr. General, Skinny. It's a general rule of thumb never to take food. Food into the toilet, so to bring food out of the toilet. That yes, is it's gross. And I, let Even me just worse. say this on Rank's, uh, you know, unnecessary and mean spirited attacks against me and my emerging pie face, which happens each and every <laughs> autumn with football season. I get a little bit more of a pie face, and we're not even to Halloween yet. It's going to get grim potentially. But Rank is a guy who's probably shed fifteen to twenty-five pounds. And from his massive frame, a man of his carriage takes off that. That's, that's a drop in the bucket. You're running. I, I just want you to be careful for yourself. I say this for your own good rank. You're one of those, you're one of those women who, has, who loses weight. Mm-hmm. And so she feels like, well, I lost a few pounds. Therefore, I can start wearing a two-piece bikini at the beach. Right. Just because you're lighter doesn't, oh, no. mean, doesn't mean you're light. I'm you understand? Still, no, no, no. I still wear the same moo-moos I was wearing before. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. i got to write that down. That's a good uh, Christmas <laughs> gift for rank. Moo-moo. All right. Get to the blacklist, Black Tie. All right, guys. First up, as you guys know, it was a big showdown between two huge rivalries, you know, players going head-to-head. They've done it so many times in the past. And, of course, I can only be talking about Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi. Ah, oh, you see how he did that? We thought we was talking about Peyton and Brady. I knew he was going to have a swerve, and I thought, like, how lame could it be? And it even exceeded my expectations. <laughs> In all seriousness, though, my question, though, on this, on this first topic of the blacklist is hashtag what's the best rivalry in all of sports? Obviously, my money is on Ronaldo and Messi. All time, we're talking? All time. Those guys uh, are above Frazier and beyond. Alley. Frazier Alley. Uh, I, I don't want to take all the answers. I was going to say uh, Russell Wilt, although that was a one-sided yeah, you pick one. you got to pick one. you got to pick one. Well, I said. All right, so Frazier Alley is my choice. Sessler, how say you? I mean, we had a video game named Bird vs. Magic. Yeah. Excellent Great. one. Classic. Yep. Definitely. I only wish we would have seen that one one or two more times. You know, yes. that was a, a great rivalry. The Indiana State-Michigan State game doesn't really hold up. I mean, it's iconic because it starts that rivalry. But if, if you go back and look at that game, it's not all that compelling. <laughs> but, yeah, I would have liked to have seen those two teams play. Houston knocked uh, the Lakers out twice, I think, in front of getting to, to, knocked, yeah, to was, the Celts. Uh, 86, and there was... Did the Celts ever not make it? Who did the Lakers beat yeah, to win titles in the eighties? They, they beat the Pistons. They, they beat, beat the, the, Sixers. the Sixers. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's when that. That's when the beat LA chance started. Actually, what was that? Eighty two. That's when, when uh, the, the Celtics Boston Garden. It's eighty three when the. That was the, cool. The Celtics yeah. playing their supposed arch rival, the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers, in the waning moments of that game, they realized one thing: trumped that. And that's whether it's Philly or Boston. The, we're both Northeast. Beat L.A. The Boston know. Garden Club. That, that, was, that cool. was one of the coolest things I think I've seen in sports. Agreed. Hanzoos, you have an answer? I'll say uh, Yankees Red Sox. No, I'll, he said I'll, individual. Individual, individual players. players. Oh, individual players. Uh, and Yankees-Red Sox never counted as a real rivalry until the Red Sox finally came back and won one. Well, the Yankees gonna, always kicked them around. I was going to specify that era, 03-04. But um, individual uh I don't know. I guess I guess Manning Brady, you know, wasn't as good this week. But during that 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 era of last decade, that was must see TV twice a year. 
those two guys. And although they never faced off each against each other, I just always enjoyed those games. Those were the highlights of every season. Rank, you have one? I'm glad the Clevelander took my magic versus Bird. Uh, what about Hogan versus Randy Savage? Nice. Although I don't Son. know that that's, that's – I mean, listen, if we were going to go down that path, to me, the macho man v – Ricky the uh, Ricky, Ricky the Dragon, the Dragon Steamboat, Steamboat. That's is, pretty good. to me the greatest bout in WWF history was of at course. WrestleMania three. The fight, the bout that pre- that preceded Hulkster mm-hmm. versus Andre the Giant, a gem itself. That that is the most legendary night of wrestling ever because you also Easily. had Uncle Elmer set the record for fastest fight in four seconds. And Fat El- Uncle Elmer went. He was Hillbilly <laughs> Jim's uncle, I guess. Right. Uncle Elmer went over. He just fell on his foe, and that was that was the end of it. Plus four he had seconds. A, plus he had a complete uh, fall from ga- grace for King Kong Bundy, who headlined WrestleMania two, and in WrestleMania three he was dropping an elbow on a midget. <laughs> I convinced my dad to pull me to that savage. And Steamboat fight in a live stadium with about 60,000 people yep. watching it on a screen. And that what that thing went on for, like, what, 35 minutes or something? Yeah. And, you know, over and over, one count, two count, almost three, then it wasn't. At one point, I look over at my dad, my brother and I, and, you know, dressed up like maniacs. Mm-hmm. I look in his eyes just like, what children have I raised? Who are these people? <laughs> yeah. What a yeah, mess. Disappointment. Yeah. yeah. Coming up sure, sort of like my uh, 2012, my parents now. <laughs> this is this is what he does. This is it. This is what this is why forty some years ago we made our love. I want this to, is this is not acceptable. I, I want to uh, retract Peyton Brady and go with uh, Courtney Cox and Addison fighting over County Crowds lead singer Adam Duritz in ninety four, which was you know it's two two people at their apex going for you know this gutter gutter ball and. You know, all bets were off when it came well, to that. I battle. got a new one for you. What about Hanzus and Sessler for the heart of Mrs. Sessler? Uh, I mean, that one, well, I don't know this what. This awkward. like to think I have the inside track. And coming up soon, you guys missed it earlier, uh, Akbar and Rank. We might uh, lock that door. Two men enter, one man leaves. We, we are the winners here. We'll videotape it, too. Two men come in here. No one comes out until one man ain't breathing. I think it'll I'm be taking a, Akbar. It'll be, no, it'll be a replay of No Holds Bar. The movie with Hulk Hogan. I watched that two nights Ak- ago. Yeah, Akbar so. would be, you know, obviously. Who's the guy who's in Friday? Uh, Ving, no, uh, no, Tiny no. Lister. Yeah, you'll yeah. be him. And I've got the hairline of Hulk Hogan, so this would be pretty fair. <laughs> that would mean you had your own adult video also that just well, surfaced. Bo- well, the, to blend your movie thing there, Black <clears throat> Tie, the best movie rivalries, Skywalker v. Vader, um... Bodie v. Keanu. Balboa Creed. Uh, Balboa Creed. That's one of my favorite movie subjects to to address is if you had a tournament among Creed, Balboa, and all the guys we saw fight in the Rocky series, who would win? Mm. And, well, I'd be interested quickly. Let's go around the room. Hanzus. Well, I think eight times out of ten, Drago would have beat. Rocky, so I would say that he was the best pure fighter of that group. So I think Drago actually comes out on top. Sessler. I love Creed. Yeah, is this everybody in their prime? This is everybody in their prime. Uh, Creed. Creed is the correct answer. Thanks for the last two of you getting it correct. Apollo Creed was an old man when he fought when he fought Drago. Right. You think Balboa <laughs> can beat Drago on his home turf, but Creed can't? Don't you understand Creed who would... he is? He's the Count of Monte Fisto, after all. <laughs> 
He's Creed's number one. Hey, wait, we are, I'm sure Creed was old when we meet him. When he yes. fights Balboa he's in one, he's an old man at that point. I, then 10, 12, whatever years later, that's when when Drago kills him. And he shows up out of, sa- out of shape. He thought it was a little exhibition fight. He didn't know that Drago was going to come out actually throwing haymakers. <laughs> Back when Bally's was the MGM Grand. That's where the fight takes place. Oh, MJM Grand in Las Vegas, but at that time, and it's now Bally's. But what happened? What happened to Clubber Lang's rematch? He just disappeared after he loses the title. Yeah. Oh well, I guess I wasn't uh, as good as I thought. Goodbye, world. I want to give up this boxing thing. Yeah, I don't know about. It. He's an interesting one. Yeah, how he would have fared. I would like to see Creed v. He's too short. I don't think he he wouldn't have matched up real well with Drago. Creed had it all. That's why it's Creed. That's why. That's why I said Creed. <laughs> he's old, I know. He was older, but he got straight up murdered in the ring. So come on, out of the equation. Yeah, all right, come on, move on, Black Tie. Yeah, just to recap. So Ronaldo v Messi is the best rivalry. Oh, ever. I'm sorry. I guess all our <laughs> answers were wrong. <laughs> yes, all totally. Right. All right. So Cam Newton, as you guys know, has had a pretty mediocre sophomore season. So an SI column was put out recently comparing Cam to Vince Young, knowing you know what happened to Vince after his first impressive rookie season. So hashtag Feral Foul and how concerned should Panthers fans be about Cam Newton? I think people got a little too excited. Rank seated to my immediate right among them picking them to win the division was loco at the time i said that to steve smith when he sat uh two feet away from me here in studio 66 a couple of months ago i told them they weren't going to the playoffs they're just a ways away still that all because cam newton had a good season last year didn't mean that that team was suddenly remade in the offseason they added some defensive pieces they got some pieces back I, i thought they would be better than they are but keep in mind, they should have won their last two games. Mm-hmm. I know that obviously would have, should have, could all that jive. But they they should have beaten the Falcons. They won that game essentially, as, as far as I'm concerned. If you and then if Cam Newton doesn't short arm that pass at the end of the game, and that's a terrible if. Well, Cam Newton is who we're talking about, and he's the one who screwed up. But. Cam Newton, ultimately, what they need to do is, like we said at the top of the show, run him around a little bit more. Play to his skill set. He's a big, strapping young man. His greatest gift, along with that right arm, is the fact that he can run, and he's a big, tough guy to bring down. He's not Michael Vick. I think he's... Look, point is, he's fine. He's going to be fine. Everybody relax a little bit. This The idea that Carolina should be in playoff contention is is uh, getting a little ahead of ourselves. Hansus. I think it's so unfair. I agree. Young was a guy that had struggles mentally. I mean, he I think it was his second season where after a, a bad week one performance, he dropped off the radar and his mother was calling the cops trying to find out where he was. There were red red flags with him flapping around. Newton has actually had some good games. If he doesn't fumble on that third and two last week and then uh, Ron Rivera goes for it and gets the first down and they beat Atlanta, we're talking about Cam having one of the best games of his career, a signature-type game. Mm-hmm. Instead, it doesn't work out that like way. Like you say, with the team in a situation, as much as you can say this about a game this early in the se- uh, that early in the season, there was a sense they needed to get this one to get back on track, and it was sort of what the Jets had on Monday night. We need this game to right the ship, and they, and they came up short. Right. Yeah, it would have been a signature uh, sort of organization-defining win for them for the rest of the year. Yeah, So, and he's had some bad games, and he, he played poorly this weekend, but He's he's not Vince Young. It's an unfair comparison. Sessler. Agreed. I mean, we wrote about that today, and we, we definitely took a, a point against the Vince Young comparison. I, I think you got Ron Rivera, who came in touted as this defensive coach. That team is a disaster defensively. And I think that Cam's up and downs, which are not unexpected, actually, for most any other quarterback out there, we 
we thought too highly of him coming into the season. But a lot of t- quarterbacks regressed in their second year. But it's it's masked what the real problem on this team is, and that is just a, a terrible defense that really a lot of offenses would suffer to you know withstand when you're giving up thirty something points a game and massive yardage. It's a problem. Right. It seems like a a cheap headline. It's a little too easy, a little too convenient, almost borderline offensive to compare him to Vince Young because, you know, you and I have had the pleasure of, of talking to Cam Newton, and I'm sure I think Dan has too last year at the Super Bowl. There's no comparison when you talk to these guys and you see what he's all about and you see the way Cam Newton composes himself. There's no way he should be compared to Vince Young ever. And, you know, it's one of those things in Akbar – said it on one of the uh, episodes of Fantasy Live earlier this year, is that a lot of these second-year quarterbacks suffer what they call the cliche goes, paralysis by analysis, overanalyzing things, thinking too much. Go back to doing what makes you the best. And we, what we talked about at the top of the show is a perfect example of that. You have the ball at fourth and one at the goal line. If I'm, If this is the play I need to win the game, I, I want Cam Newton going over the top. And if I lose that way, you know what? So be it. We weren't meant to win. I don't want him rolling out, trying to throw a pass. No, you do what you do best. And if it doesn't work, then you know what? We'll try We'll try again next week. You know, the thing also with them, and I agree the defense is the major issue, but it is amazing when you talk about the Carolina Panthers. Chris Johnson is getting all the attention in the world, and he deserves to be beaten up for his, his remarkably sort of, uh, you know, Unawas, you know, I don't know if it's valid, if it's uh, trying to convince himself of this or what, but to say, hey, we need some guys making some plays on this team. You know, I've made plays, but we need right. other. Like, what plays have you made, Chris Johnson? <laughs> so he might be the biggest bust in history, and that's not hyperbole. Is he the biggest bust that you can think of? Here's another guy, though, who gets paid heaps of loot and has done nothing since he got that money, D'Angelo Williams. I mean, he that, that guy was given, what was it, $55 million two years ago? He's done oh, yeah. zero since then. I mean, I, I can't think of him having a single good game since then. And that contract drove agents everywhere nuts because it completely shook up the pay scale for what are essentially average and older running backs. Caused a lot of problems. for I mean, That's why I think we've seen a, lot, a ripple effect where a lot of these running backs have held out over the past two years. It goes back to that deal. So, yeah, I think that uh, Cam has not looked good. And uh, what's the craziest thing about that is that uh, Christian and Blaine Gabbert's looked lousy as well, but that's no big surprise. Andy Dalton with a stinker last uh, Sunday. Christian Ponder is the best sophomore QB right now, at least if you're looking in very short-term uh, memory. Who would have thought that? Definitely not me. I said they were going to be the worst team in the league. I do, I do though, say that they're not a Super Bowl contender. Let's not get crap. People, Cardinals fans went crazy last week when I said that uh, this is not a team that is going to the playoffs. I don't think this is a, a good team. Rank didn't like that. I said that the Rams were going to beat them. The Rams did. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm giving you I my picked, opinion. There's no I, reason to be angry at me that, I, I, that picked, I think that way. I picked the St. Louis FC to win that game. That's a good team. That's a good defensive line. The NFC West probably the best division in football right now. Well, yeah, it is when you just look at the record. I know in terms of record it is, but it's not the best division. All How right, is it not? Like, because none of those teams, with the exception of the Niners, have any offense to speak of. They just don't. They don't play offense. They, Watch. I, the Hear Bur- me now. Believe me later. The Patriots are going to go into Seattle this weekend and smoke them. Speaking of Super Bowl favorite, five weeks into the season, right? Falcons are soaring. The NFC West is doing pretty good. Hashtag, which teams do you think? 
realistically has a chance to now win the Super Bowl. Hashtag. Hashtag. Uh, <laughs> it's the longest hashtag ever, by the way, but yes. I This is interesting. I've been thinking about this. Now, with the, the last few weeks we've been talking about who are the playoff teams? Who's going to get those? Who, who do you think are going to get those wild cards? But I am now ready to, to have a discussion like this. Not who's going to get to the playoffs. Not who is a feel-good story that ends in a wild card loss or in a divisional round loss. Not even who can somehow cobble together a couple or few wins and get to the Super Bowl. Rather, who can win the Super Bowl? Yes, Black Tie, that's your question. Who can win the big game? Exactly. Who will hold the Lombardi up in February? I think this. You have the Texans as a possibility. You have the Niners as a possibility. The Patriots. The Ravens. And that might be it. Is that it? I'm not including the Falcons. I, I, I refuse. Why wouldn't you include the Falcons? I'm talking about win the Super Bowl is what win I'm talking about. Win the Super Bowl. We're I'm not talking, up, maybe they'll even get to the Super Bowl. We've had two teams. I don't, think they get to, I don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl. We've had two 9-7 and seven teams win the Super Bowls back-to-back, and you're going to write off more than three-quarters of the league. I, that doesn't seem very wise. All right. Well, then why don't you lay it on me? Show me where I'm wrong, fella. Who can win the Super Bowl of the teams that I didn't just name there? Green Bay. Green Bay has a has an awful defense again. This year, the offensive line is even worse than it was last year, with the attrition that happens every year. If that gets any, if that situation gets any worse, I can't imagine it will. But it's already abysmal. Greg Jennings now with the injuries for another year. Jordy Nelson as a result a little down. Jermichael Finley way down. Just a complete looks like an abject bust at this point, considering how highly everybody thought of him a couple of years ago. I love Aaron Rodgers. I still say he goes down in history as the best QB of all time. That I would, I, yeah, I think they're about uh, as good a candidate as possible to sneak in there. But am I wrong about any of the teams I named? Houston, San Fran, Baltimore, New England. What about the Giants? Got to make the playoffs first. They already, they're already, they're already chasing the fly, the Flyers, the Eagles. <laughs> they you know, the Eagles have that big, uh, have that big one in the in their hip pocket now. They're he- in their head to head victory now. If but Philly they, beats them, goes so, to New York and beats them. So you're saying if the season ended today, the Eagles would go to the playoffs. The season isn't ending. Today, oh, okay, right? good. I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> All right, I'm just. I want to see how Houston bounces back with Cushing now out of the mix. Brian yeah. Cushing. Blew out his knee yesterday on a cut block, which I don't know how that's legal because there's no way he could defend himself from what that. What an outrage! I mean, and now and now you have that guy who's the leader of their defense. J.J. Watt has now emerged as possibly the best defensive player in the league. But Cushing was the team's MVP last season. Uh, they're not particularly deep at that at inside linebacker. I mean, we're gonna they're gonna get tested now. Uh, it's not going to be smooth sailing now toward the playoffs. Hands but don't you think it's partly – I mean, it's Wade Phillips. He's putting that defense together. I feel that the Texans, it'll be a situation where it's next guy up. They won't even – they'll, they'll drop be. off right. a little bit, but they're still going to be a dominant I'm sorry, defense. Sessler, I wanted to ask you this. Chicago Bears, for real, can they win the Super Bowl? Absolutely not. I agree. Jay Cutler's their quarterback, after all. Well, we've seen – I mean, I like them going into the season. Me too. But, again, it's like – a game where I think they have a couple dominant games this year, and they're a playoff team. But you're talking about a Super Bowl team? No. 
That's well. Listen, that's the standard. Right, Win the Super, Super Bowl. No, I like no. the Bears. I think they're good. Are they for real? Yes, they're going to make the playoffs. All that stuff. So the but Bears win the Super Bowl. No. Do you think Bears? Jay Cutler is going to string together at worst at the, at least three games that uh, th- of a of a level that would get his team over the hump? Three games. So you're saying they win the division? Assuming they win the division and get one of those top two seeds. Even if they do that, they're going to be good. No, I, you know, first of all, Atlanta and San Francisco are likely to get the top two seeds in the NFC. I, well, I like uh, maybe. I know you're still you're still hip on Arizona. No, the, the NFC West is a good division. But you're whether not you going to argue Arizona wanna, can win the Super Bowl, you are wanna, you? Why wouldn't I? Because What's, Kevin Cobb's their quarterback. They have no running backs anymore. Their defense is pretty good, like every divi- like every uh, t- team in that division. But they're certainly not. Come on, they're not a legitimate Super Bowl contender with Kevin Cobb as their. QB. This is this is the NFL. It's one of those situations where teams that are nine and seven, like for the past two years. Can go on and win a Super Bowl. Eli Manning's won back. He's won two Super Bowls. Hands I'm is. not going to write off any quarterback winning a Super Bowl. Did, did you Did you guys see Kevin Cobb's face on Thursday night? I mean, the guy he was. I don't know if he was checked out um, emotionally or he just didn't really know where he was. But I mean, that's week five. He was getting just assaulted. His offensive line play was terrible. I mean, I don't see him sticking around long enough, letting, let alone leading this team deep that's into a, the playoffs. That's a, that's a pretty good front four he was going against in a dome. I like I like Rank's call on um, the Giants. Obviously, you have to point them out. But as it is, you say in the NFL, it's unlikely that a team is going to put together back-to-back Super Bowl crowns. So if we can cast them aside based on that, and that's obviously a little anecdotal to play that game, but let's say that that is, in fact, the case. Philadelphia with Mike Vick, are they going to run the table? I don't see that. And here's one for you. I don't like the Steelers to win the Super Bowl, as uh, you know. Palomalo, we talked about that in the preseason. The guy, you know, just you know, he's he is a beat up thirty two. He's an old thirty two, and they have other guys that are key defensive players that are obviously having a hard time staying healthy. So I don't buy the Steelers as a contender. I think the Cincinnati Bengals could go to the Super Bowl and win it. I really buy that. That defense, they have their their pass rush is awesome. They have nice DBs who are getting healthy now. <laughs> And Andy Dalton, they can, you know, I, I Ben Jarvis Green Ellis, I never bought, but they're slinging the ball anyway. That's a bad loss at home to the Dolphins. That really could, uh, that really could compromise. They've been outscored this year. All right, I'm they're just... they're above five hundred, but they've been outscored. I like them. I like them a lot, I, and I like their defense a lot. And I think Dalton's going to continue to improve. There are going to be bumps in the road because, again, like when we were talking about with Newton, there's going to be some, you know regressions when you're dealing with a young player. But I think by the time we get to January, um, they're going to be a tough out. I don't know if they're going to win their division, and that means they're probably going to be on the road, which means are they going to go into New England or Houston and win a game? I don't know about that. But they're still – they definitely loom as one of those kind of dangerous, sneaky teams in the playoffs. Uh, you know, let, me, think... let me see. I just want, before we go on yeah. – I'm sorry, Mark. I didn't mean to cut you off. Right. So we're saying the Bengals, Super Bowl contender, the Giants are not. I didn't say – what do you mean? I said the Giants. <laughs> I'm just – I'm throwing out something that you don't generally see, which is back-to-back champions. Okay. That's all. That's all I'm, I'm making. I'm just trying. Okay, I'm just trying to make I sense didn't rule them out. I said they are okay. – what did I just say okay. two minutes ago? I said I agree with Rank's pick of the Giants as a team that could actually win it. I think with the Bengals, and I, I agree, it's a team that's sort of on the fringe, and they're going to be one of these teams that needs to go experience the playoffs a few times before they really are that team we're talking about that is a Super Bowl winning type team. Also, we've, we're talking about teams with elite quarterbacks outside of the Niners for the most part. 
I don't buy that in Dalton. I don't dislike Dalton, but I, the, the Bengals are a stretch for me when we talk about a team to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. What I will say is, among the teams that we've listed, Atlanta sort of accepted to this. That's why I don't. It's not even really about Matt Ryan, and he has to do something in the playoffs. Although he does, he hasn't. You know, really, what has he ever shown come January? But I don't necessarily think that defense is anything special with the, with Brent Grimes out, especially. But the other teams we name, look how the pendulum swings back at it, as it almost inevitably does in the NFL. The team, San Francisco, even New England, playing better defense. Houston, defensively dominant teams that are all running the ball. Isn't that interesting? And I think that's what the Steelers aspired to do, but injuries made it so that they had to sort of be slinging the ball. Maybe as time goes along with Mendenhall, they'll shape up if David DeCastro comes back. But that's wishful thinking on, on, uh, on my part. Here's a suggestion for the debate club, fellas. Mm-hmm. Talk about those Indianapolis Colts. They're a hot story. People like yapping about them. Maybe can they ride the inspirational story of Chuck Pagano all season long, or is it a minor blip? Not to be glib about a man's serious health issue and how it translates into wins, but it is interesting. I feel like in sports history, when you have those things to rally around and, and you can ride them, you can sort of play above yourselves. Um, for a nice stretch there. We saw that with Loyola Marymount. We saw it with Villanova in 85. Um, Sal Onessi with uh, the Colorado Buffaloes a generation ago. They really um, outdid what anybody expected them to do. These are all, I'm just throwing these out off the off the cuff, so I'm, I'm sure there are better examples that disprove what I'm saying. But it is an interesting subject. Debate it or don't. Yes, no, it's your like show. That. You we do will. whatever you want. All right, quickly. 97, let's wrap it up here. What player in football or sports history wore it best? The only number, the only name that comes to mind is uh, Cornelius Bennett. Simeon Rice. All right, that's pretty well. Cornelius Bennett's better than Simeon Rice. Right? 97? I mean, this Jeremy is Jeremy Roenick. This is a rough one. Ugh. Roenick, that's right. He did go with ninety-seven, didn't he? Mm-hmm. No, he went with he, he did with the yeah, Flyers sure. and everybody. Ugh, he's he's loathsome. Do I we have to name ever. refs when we get into the hundreds here? What's happens? You know, a couple of shows. From no, now? we're gonna shift gears. I think we'll go back to our another some uh, another segment that we abandoned some time ago. Best jersey to own as a as a fan of a of different teams. I think we'll we'll shift over to that. We only have ninety-eight, ninety-nine left. I wonder who will get 99. That's going to be an interesting one. Is it? Yeah, it is, Adam. No, it's not. <laughs> I'll go with the the woebegone Jets years of the early 90s, Marvin Washington, number 97. I, you know who I fancied quite a bit? Kendrell Bell. He was going to be uh, – he really looked like he was going to be dynamite, and his hammies kept him out. That was weird. He was really a terrific linebacker. And his I, don't have a, I don't have access to Google over here like Dan, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Bennett because like, I have a lot of – Look at that. Look, how, look how Fancy Pants loves to call you out. He <laughs> loves snake. to shame you. Just because Not your wife all. is falling in love with me wow. and my dulcet tones <laughs> doesn't mean you can turn on me. I, had a, I suspected that Washington was 97. It clicked, and then I did a double check. Is any good uh, journalist I stand does. corrected. I stand corrected. How dare I, you? I, listen, see, the tension is its good. I, I'm going to go with Bennett. I mean, because, you know, that brings me back to some great, a great era of football. That Buffalo team was, was fun to watch. Yeah, sad. Also reminds me of uh, Marv Levy. I saw Marv Levy at the Super Bowl when the Patriots and Rams played in the Superdome. Last time there was one in the Superdome. I'm getting excited. Are we all going to the Super Bowl this year? Everybody? I, I hope so. so. I think so. I, you guys think you're going around yeah. the league? Oh, that'll be a grand time. New Orleans, NOLA, what a time. Last time, though, They were I was there, there last year, too. I know, but th- this time we'll be in New Orleans. Mm. Indy was terrific, but New Orleans. Can, uh, can, can New Orleans I, top Indianapolis? 
well, I mean, if you ask me where I would like to go for a few days, I would no offense to Indianapolis, where I spent a little bit of my time, or at least in Bloomington, an hour south of there. I think NOLA for a few days probably is I more think, appealing. I think I'm going to say New Orleans is going to have its work cut out for it. Well, Indy was to terrific. top Indianapolis. But the point is, the Super Bowl night after that game, and by the way, I was obviously there because I thought the Steelers were going to be there, but they got upset by the Patriots the week before. I had the tickets. I went. I've told the story a million times. But one thing I, I, I leave out of this story sometimes is Patriots win, go back to the hotel. There are two bars in this hotel. We're at the on the bottom level one. It was it was kinda dank and unpleasant and it was and Marv Levy happened to be in there and that was the only thing that I remember from like, hey, look, it's Marv Levy in there. And uh, the next morning we found out that uh, in the bar directly above us, Paul McCartney happened in and played piano for a half an hour and ran through a few songs. So I hung out with Marv Levy while a Beatle was singing upstairs. That's damn. When's it Damashek's turn already? That's my question. Fish tank, how say you? Yeah, I, I know. You don't know either. I don't know. I'm just looking for answers. All right, listen. <laughs> the shame report is out. I encourage you, nay, demand that you go read that. Rank has his hooey and applesauce up there, NFL.com. You can watch him on NFL Fantasy Live. And, of course, around the league with uh, with these two fellas and Greg Rosenthal. And who's the new guy? Kareem, Kareem. Copeland, yeah. right? Yep. I like his work, too. <clears throat> Very good writer. It's good work. It's airtight over there. Yeah, he's in India. huh? Yeah. Oh, well, don't tell him what I said about New Orleans. That was no slight to him. Anyway, <laughs> enough's enough. Black Tie has places to go, people to meet. Who knows what he has to go do. But that's it for us. We will be back with another episode this week, Black Tie. If Black we Tie should be, yep. Black Tie thinks that we might do it. Comment right, so, on yeah, iTunes. Hopefully. We should be. Oh, yeah, yeah, what happened to your iTunes comment campaign? Oh, no, I'm, just, I'm waiting for them to pile up. We're getting good <laughs> comments. <laughs> no. We're getting a few good ones. Uh, we're getting, we are? Everyone you seems stopped to be reading them. Type 45, but uh, I'm working on it. Very soon, people will be, uh, they'll know what I'm aiming for. I, I don't, don't think people will. They will. Thanks to uh, the great uh, Akbar Baja Biamilla. Another good uh, turn in Inside Out. That was a good idea, huh, Black Tie? That's a good bit. Good segment. Good stuff, yeah. Fascinating. Great. Do you like that better, or do you like when we talk to the Around the League guys? Uh, you're making us uncomfortable. Jeez. Oh, Akbar <laughs> is the choice. so much. Last question, though, quickly, Black Tie, for you. If you were a woman, Hanzoos or Sessler? Because, you know, Mrs. Sessler has a big choice in front of her. Oh, this is uncomfortable. <laughs> Choose one or the other, <laughs> though. Hard for everyone. Oh, I can't. Um... I can't do it. You have to choose one. Who would you rather be married to? I can't do it. Can I tell you my answer? I'm going with Mark Sessler because I feel like I've never seen either one of them shirtless, but I have a hunch that Sessler is smooth like a dolphin, and that's what I want. I want my my man to be smooth. He does wax. Not the case, but... uh, Really? You're hairy? All right, then I'm going Hanzoos. So I'd go Sessler. You're going Sessler. I'm not into the Bears. <laughs> this dipped into such a. This is Why are we, we, we started out. We started out talking with Akbar grabbing uh, grabbing guys in the, in the groin area in pileups, and now we finish off with this. A Good perfect podcast. Good time, man. Thanks, Kamish Cadell. All right, we'll talk to you uh, later on. In the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired but as soon as you reach for the irish spring your day immediately gets better that crisp fresh unmistakable irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses so when you finally emerge from the shower 
37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota. Let's go places. Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. 